Welcome to another episode of Majoring in the Miners podcast, a podcast where we talk about how the majority of people focus on the minor and insignificant things in life. Your hosts, as usual, Mahi and Louis. So, UK went into a tier four lockdown. I mean, parts of UK, London mainly, and it sucks. But a lot of people were just like, they took arms to the social media and they were like writing these messages of like, we didn't decide this, this was chosen for us, but we stand like together, like keep pushing forward, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, people really need some perspective, man. Like you need to, and this sounds wrong, but you need to live in a country that has an oppressive regime <laughs> to understand like what UK, it's a freaking killer virus. Like chill, please. It's, it's bad, but it's one Christmas. Like just think of like, 70 80 90 years ago 100 years ago like you know world war one world war two people weren't like taking arms and be like oh this is not fair like when shit happens sometimes you just have to face it and it, it sucks but like the way they were talking about it i was just like wow it's not like this vi- virus is killing people like chill just relax so that was like my two cents <laughs> well well i think mahi I, I agree with you. People need perspective, but I think people are a bit, uh, a bit tired of the whole virus. Like, because as you know, a lot of people, I mean, our generation has never faced anything like this, right? Like we've had it pretty coddled. I'm exactly. talking about the West. I'm talking about the West, obviously. I'm not talking about yeah. other countries. And uh, I think they're just not, they, they, I probably think they, I think they thought that the virus would have been cured by now or, uh, just be like any other like the swine flu you know it happened but mm. nothing really changed so i think people are just just tired you know and a lot of people also lost their jobs which you know you know if you play devil's advocate like to some people you know the the sort of the mental the the economic effects are worse than the actual uh, sort of uh, uh, lethality of the virus Mm-hmm. So I think that's also another problem, you know, like not everyone agrees that this virus is the, the you know, the be all and all mother of viruses. So to some people, it, it just they don't they don't see the purpose. Plus, you have the vaccine coming out. So people are probably like, oh, well, whatever, we'll just inject ourselves at some point. Yeah. So I don't know. I think perspective is key, even though I agree that they should just chill a bit because like it's spreading fast, but mm. we, you know, we have to also align with the perspectives of everyone. No, absolutely. But this is like conversations that us three always have had before that, you know, we try to define adversity and we did say like people should face adversity to a certain extent. Yeah. And this is it. Like I'm not defending it. I'm just saying whatever it is, like, Okay, it is. You can't change it. Deal with it. Learn to, like, you know, come out of this stronger and do, like, yeah, some things will be difficult to recover from. Like, yeah, if you've lost your job, I'm sorry for you. But, like, it could be worse. And I hate to be the person who always says it could be worse because people have different capacities for different things. Uh, but also, like, it, it, the, the, the things sometimes people complain about is you're so uh, like they, they create these false problems man 
like just like stop creating false false issues and like actually face it or even even if it's a problem then face it don't just talk about it i guess I don't know. but i think it's also the the maybe people are looking for proper leadership which they didn't get from the uk government all right no nothing political we have nothing some political <laughs> We're not gonna no 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 i don't <laughs> i don't mean to open this up i just think that a lot of people <laughs> we're not happy with the way the government handled things and maybe that's why they're a bit more annoyed at mm. having to take all these precautions yeah. Uh, but yeah i do agree people just they they make a big deal out of everything and they're you know they need to sort of increase their um capacity uh for um dealing with harsher situations kind of like going to training how we increase our VO2 max capacity. Get out of here. Nobody here runs. Get out. Uh, don't talk about VO2 max. Get out of here with that <laughs> stuff. We, if we could, we would take a like a trolley and go from Scott Rack to the bench. That's it. Like I don't even I don't even want to walk in that distance. I just need someone to carry me from the Scott Rack to the bench and just like lay me on the bench. And once I'm done, just like roll me to the kitchen. That's all I need. Well, well, Saluji's been quiet, which is not like him. So, what do you <laughs> think, Saluji? <laughs> no, I think you have a great point about building capacity to be able to bear the brunt of more adversity. And that, honestly, that's really one of I think life's big themes. And Jordan says something interesting in one of the recent stories, but the idea that you can't change anything other than your outlook on what happens. At the end of the day, really nothing is in your control. There will always be variables that will change the world around you that you can't control. The only thing that you really have the capacity to influence to a great degree is how you react to it. And this goes back to the sources and thing. We'll try not to get too deep <laughs> yeah. into it. For you know, we'll try, but it, it comes back to that. You know, you know, just this idea that really it comes down to your mindset and your way and your outlook and how much you're able to take. And how much you're able to take is dictated by, you know, your mindset and your outlook towards it. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds a lot like, you know, <laughs> what stoicism is. <laughs> we, we're not going to go to that because we're actually going to have an episode fully dedicated to stoicism. But also, I think like, you know, I've started writing my random thoughts down just to bother you guys. So you guys always get messages from me. I'm like, so I have... Like I need to rant. So I was just thinking about like how people, instead of facing their problems and like fixing it, they are, they take a, a, an easy way out. Like Solution, I had this conversation about one of his friends, like who had a, and like this gave me the, like, you know, the inspiration for it. He had a shoulder problem. And instead of fixing the shoulder problem, he's just like, well, I'm just going to take some, like, you know, some PEDs for it. And you're like, you're not fixing the issue. You're just taking a different path now. And like we see this in well training a lot, like people who like, you know, they want to look good, but they can't be bothered to diet down. So they, they're like, OK, I'm not a bodybuilder. And then from there, they want to like, you know, be strong, but they can't train and like, you know, be uh, like, you know, they get tired. So they can't be as athletic as CrossFit, like, you know, CrossFitters. And then they're not as strong as strong men. And they're not really strong to even be a powerlifter. Then they turn to these like out of shape guys who are just like talking about movement um i, I had even a talk, uh, conversation with killian about this and like you know they're just like 
with their lacrosse ball lying down on the ground and they're like, well, you're not moving right, bro. You need to move properly. And you're like, well, you're not like you couldn't fix your first problem and you couldn't stick to what you wanted and you, you just keep changing lanes. And I see that with people as well. Like I know people who like have knee problems and instead of just like trying to be like, all right, what is my problem? I'm going to fix it. They are just like changing this playing field like oh my knee problem so i can't squat okay my knee problem i can't like you know leg press no my knee problem i have to and they want to like be considered a person who trains so they're like oh i'm just gonna go belt squat now or i'm gonna go to a different gym because this gym doesn't work for me it's not the freaking gym it's you like it's not the environment sometimes it's just like people and as you said like they're how they look at stuff and how to like you know work on your outlook and work like very a lot of people try to change the external work on the internal and fix that first go for it um, no this that's completely correct and uh, i think really at the end of the day it's so much harder for people to make intrinsic chain as opposed to extrinsic chain or demanding extrinsic chain because it's so much harder to change who you are it's so much you know it's so much easier to just blame the world around you in circumstance the these code restrictions or I lost my job. And obviously some, some concerns are legitimate. I'm not putting down, I'm not saying that it's not, but what legitimate concerns or not, at the end of the day, you know, the intrinsic change is harder. It's much harder. And because people don't want to blame themselves. They don't want to accept fault or responsibility because the moment that they do, they can't blame anyone else or anything else anymore. It becomes an internal catalyst that needs to happen it's hard for most people yeah and then it's also this like the mental gymnastics people kind of do it's like they they can't achieve a goal so what they do is they actually lower the expectations by kind of changing the goal and lying to themselves so it's like oh you start off as a power lifter and then oh you can't you know it takes it takes grit you know to like actually like build your deadlift it's not like oh i'm gonna like lift and then oh i'll hit like 400k you actually have to like periodize. You got you got a progress. There are the injuries, your diet. You know, it's it's a process, just like with anything else in life. Like you come across and you say, "Hey, I want to be this," and then you realize, "Oh, it's it's actually too damn hard." So then you like you tell yourself, "Oh no, I don't really want that. I'll do something else instead. I'll just, you know, instead of being an engineer, I'll just be a PT." How <laughs> you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know being an engineer actually requires work <laughs> no i kid i kid pts are hard workers and obviously they have value but like people tend to do this a lot not speaking about mahan and just in general where or even you know take a silly stupid example of video games like you know you you go in like oh i'm gonna play on the highest difficulty you know devil may cry dante must die mode and then you die like five times and then you realize nope easy mode so we yeah. just tend to do that in general. Like it's that mental gymnastics so that we keep feeling good about ourselves and we keep having a path, but we keep kind of lowering the expectation for what we originally intended. So people just change lanes every five minutes because it's yeah. easy nowadays as well. Mm -hmm. Continuing this conversation is like, I think people instead of pointing fingers at others, just have to look at the hand and be like, whose hand does like whose finger this hand belongs to or that 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 fell off quite hard but you know what i mean 
it's like stop pointing at others and just kind of take an internal look or you know what like i'm you use that example and yes i did my degree in engineering and i wasn't happy and i i just had to take a hard look at myself and be like all right what in my life doesn't make me happy and i was like what i'm studying and where i'm going to go with this does not make me happy and it it took a lot of like you know when i made the decision to become a pt i had a lot of resistance from a lot of people because like a pt compared to an electrical and electronic engineer is like it's not as recognized in society and like you know it doesn't hold the same status but i was like screw society this is like it's about my happiness and what i want to do and that's what made me make this decision and also i'm gonna add that like kind of bring that being a pt and the word that you said grit and just give give the mic to saluji and talk about his coaching uh and his fitness brand and like i want him to talk about that a little bit because i know it's a cool idea he, when he explained it to me i really liked it so no yeah. i just thought the mention of grit was funny because i did a post about that yeah. um but i mean there are a lot of different ways that you can describe this concept of pointing the finger at yourself as opposed to the world around you and grit part is part of it and it fits into it i guess in at some point in the process i haven't put too much thought to it about where exactly it fits in the process but perhaps one way you could look at it is that after you've decided to point that finger at yourself and realize you know what i am the problem and i need to fix it then comes grit because once you realize that you're the problem a lot of people few people make it to that stage to begin with but what the some the few that do there are some of that people you know in that camp who acknowledge that problem but still can't find the resolve it's so daunting the idea that you know it's a very it's a very big sort of thing to feel and to think about that you know putting responsibility on yourself and so i think that is where grit comes in where when you realize that you need to be the one to affect the change in your life whatever mediums or whatever means you decide that it needs to be done grit is what's necessary in order to persevere that's really i think what it comes down to grit is necessary it's the necessary step and the necessary concept that you need to implement in order to take yourself from that period of or that point of self realization to actually making progress no i completely agree grit uh, grit is very important and i always and i i take this from a friend of mine because he he put it in me you got to always be a person of value but you have to have intrinsic value so that you can actually give extrinsic so i kind of always look at it as you're a cup that you always want to overflow because if you overflow you flow into others and then they'll grow but part of that is actually developing resilience grit that capacity for hardship because this life life stuff you know life, life isn't daisies and ponies life's anything worth it to be honest is tough whether it's a relationship whether it's you know the best physique whether it's uh, doing an engineering course whether it's uh, like everything worthwhile requires sacrifice and grit and i think that once you develop that however you develop it whether you develop it in the weight in the weight room uh, it has a carry over to life you know if you can like achieve your goal and hit your 500 kg deadlift i'm i'm not saying most people will but like let's say you do you that will carry over into your life because that perseverance that that dedication will go into your workplace will go into your eating habits your relationships so i think that's something so i think people need to find something they love and develop grit and sort of 
build that capacity with what they love and then transfer it elsewhere. So like some, some like one example would be uh, 20 rep squats, the, the program. It's, uh, it may not be the greatest program ever, but it'll develop grit because once you're doing 20 reps of what used to be your five rep max, you'll never complain about doing heavy squats again, you know? In those kind of programs, they do build grit. Now they should be short term, you shouldn't do them for too long and I don't condone the use of it for too long because you'll like break your body. But you need to sometimes challenge yourself. And that's one example. It could be reading a hundred books a year or, you know, working and like, you know, it can be in any, in any field. And I think that's just something we need to train ourselves to do because grit is, is it's like a muscle it's, or a capacity. And if you don't train it, if you don't condition yourself, you just won't have it. And then how can you give value to others if you can't even give value to yourself? Boom. Mic drop. I'm done. Mute. I'm done. <laughs> just drop the mic. No, you're absolutely right. I have these uh, rules in life, and you guys heard me say it. I think everyone should get punched in the face at least once in their life, and it will teach you a lesson. I've said this many times. But also, I think that's why I, I think people should go, maybe not the squat, but I think people should train and go through like a crazy drop set, like push themselves, not, not any sort of training. Like if you've done any sport or anything else, there is a point that you just are pushing yourself so hard and you're about to give up and you're about to break. And I find that sense beautiful because you kind of know, and this is true in life as well. There is There comes a point in life that you know, like if you're giving up making excuses or you just kind of put your head down and keep going and in training we all like you know we've tried we, we try to train in a way that like you know gets us the results we want and i'm sure all three of us have had that set that exercise that there was a moment that you're like oh god i can't continue and then there's this voice in your head that either says okay stop or Mate, you just keep going like just go just don't stop just like there is no stopping that you have to push yourself push yourself push yourself and that's the beauty of training i think that it because you know we know like I'm, I'm sure you guys have felt that we know when we give up people know when like there is no i don't think there is a point that you don't know you're giving up you can uh, kind of justify it for yourself to a point that you start believing it but deep down we know and training brings those moments out on like a superficial level. But if you can recognize these, then you can recognize the same signs in your real life. And you know, if you put on the real work or you're just complaining and like trying to make an excuse. Now I'm going to drop the mic. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think that part of it is the idea behind the philosophy that I'm trying to build, the idea of the multifarious philosophy, is that effort in the weight room, it teaches you, it teaches you a lot of things. It teaches you about your limits and teaches you about your capacity, your, you know, your capability to build capacity to push through adversity so that you can apply it to other areas of your life. And the interesting thing is that it's applicable to both, to everyone across the board in terms of training age or experience. Right. First, for, for a lot of beginners, it's going to be the weight room is going to be the battle. Right. It's going to be hard for them. They're going to learn about the limits. They're going to learn to push themselves physically. And then that's going to be taken and applied, you know, to other areas of their life. 
But, and I think this is the more subtle and the more nuanced part of it, is that you have very advanced trainees or very, you know, very advanced lifters who could also benefit from this philosophy because for them, right, this effort and this push and, you know, this, this mental battle is very easy for them. In fact, and you obviously, I'm sure both of you, you know, can relate to this, but for more advanced trainings, I wouldn't call myself advanced, but for people who are farther along in their lifting career, right, it's almost, it's hard for them to stop training and, you know, to be confronted by a shutdown or whatever it is, it's difficult. And I think there's a lot to be learned there, but when you learn that the physical aspect, the lifting, the whatever it is, the physical aspect is actually the easiest part. The lift, the beginner lifter won't see this. They'll see the gym as this crazy insurmountable barrier that you know is daunting for a lot of people. But the lifter will know physical, physical expenditure of effort and a battle of will in the physical sense is the easiest battle. The hardest battle is against yourself. And so that is the crux of it. And I think why this idea of the multifarious philosophy is so important for advanced trainees and for people who are further along in their lifting career is that, and look, if your goal is to lift and to get strong or to look good and that's it, this isn't for you. You've only permeated one dimension of success and that's where you're gonna stop, great. But if you want to push beyond that and to sort of access these other dimensions and criteria of success that will make you a fuller individual, then you need to realize that expenditure and this battle of wheels in the gym is only one dimension and it stops there. But once you realize that that's the easy thing and the hard battle, the really hard, it's not the 500 kilo deadlift, the really hard thing is that fight against yourself. And that's the principle of the multifarious philosophy. Yep, there you go. That's the plugin I was looking for. Multifarious coaching, Saluji. But yeah, no, that is 100% true. It's, it is true <clears throat> to the D. It's, um, the fact that I, I like that how you said how you said especially about people who are advanced because like sometimes just taking a step back from training can be very difficult for people you know just shutting that down and be like all right now I need to because if that if that's the only dimension they know and they need to expand in different directions and or if that's taken away from them hopefully like you know they've built enough resilience that their world won't crumble around them exactly and I think I'm gonna try not to get too specific or political with this but you see it in a lot of ways where you have people who are physically very capable you know they go to the gym or whatever it is they're physically very capable when it comes to smaller things i don't know if it's wearing a mask or dealing with a shutdown or whatever it is it's the smaller things that involve a fight against yourself that is the kind of battle that most people lose those kind of people who win the battle when it comes to of contest of arms or weapons or, you know, in the gym any day, but they, they fail to realize that the hard battles that they need to fight are the small ones. Yeah. I think that comes because I wanted to use this example with uh, what Lewis said. I think it's, yes, you know, you, you have to have grit, but you also have to like this kind of mental grit of pushing yourself in the right path. A lot of people devote their energy sometimes you know like we use he used the example of squatting i don't i personally necessarily don't believe in like squatting 20 reps because i think the the like the big three lifts the barbell is just like it's mainly to express your absolute power and like you know just like it's the 
easiest way to just push yourself and show how much strength you actually have. So I don't like too many reps on it. But like, you know, some people, and that could be a nice way of like, you know, finding a limiter. But I am sure we all definitely know people who think that is a good challenge and just keep expending that energy. Even Lewis said, he's like, it could be a good way, but don't always stay there. But sometimes people lose that small battle of realize, not realizing what is actually good or beneficial for them and what is like just a, like a path that they just want to like, you know, be a part of. And they don't even know what the outcome is or they don't have any tangible results that they want to get out of it. It's just like, oh, I just squatted this much for this many reps. Yeah, that's honestly a great parallel. And it's a really good way to illustrate it. Like... I don't know if this is your line of thinking, but for example, the squat versus a leg press, right? People will get attached to expressing their force or their will on the squat because they feel good or they feel cool with a lot of weight on their back or, you know, whatever it is. But it's the path that they've chosen to take because it's the easy path of the path that appeals most to their idea of success. But realizing that, hey, if I take the harder path, the less recognized path and sit on the leg press for 20 reps, you'll really feel it because you fell on the barbell and technique before you ever reach metabolic failure. When you reach metabolic failure on the leg press, it will suck, but that's the harder path. It's not it's the less fancy, it's the less recognized, but that's the idea that it's those battles that are really the hard ones for people to choose. Yeah. And like, I'm going to use the opposite as well, or like people, they just want to go on the leg press and express absolutely like, you know, you just put so many plates and do one rep why like go to the bar and express it there as as you said and then come back and work to failure and like in the externally supported environment and just like where the rate limiter is not your upper body anymore and it's just legs and just go ham go crazy because this is this is a tool this is like and shout out killian hamilton this is a modality (laughs) that lets you express you know just like going to that like absolute closer to absolute failure right and like being limited by mechanical exactly it can go both ways and that's i think just part of the beauty of the way of this line of thinking is that every person will have their easy battle and every person will have their hard battle one guy maybe the more gung-ho types like me will be like hey you know the squat is the easy battle because it looks cool like press is the hard battle because it involves effort and then the inverse may be possible right the easy path is a leg press because they need to think less about it and the hard path is the expression of technique carefulness and so it goes both ways but the exact same this principle still applies everyone has the easy battles and everyone has the hard battles and the idea of multifarious is learning to see the hard battles for what they are and being able to tackle them appropriately exactly it's it's got to be tailored it's got to be personalized everyone had a different environment different external internal loads different environments emotional capacities and uh Anyway, as an old philosopher said, and I don't want to butcher their name, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, you can't adapt to the world. The, no, you can't expect the world to adapt to you. You have to adapt to the world, right? You can't expect people to follow your line of thinking. Uh, that That's just not going to lead to success. And uh, anyway, even if you argue with someone, uh, they become defensive. So you have to kind of look at things through their perspective anyway. Otherwise, you just shut them off and they'll just create a shell. And I think that's what happens a lot with a lot of coaches who kind of enforce their values. 
they they just force like okay you have to do this program but it's clearly not working on the person like they're they're demotivated they're dejected they're not enjoying it they're not going to be motivated they're not going to be eating properly so that's why i think uh, as killian well, I, I don't know the word he used so i'll go back to neurotyping to an extent uh, that's why neurotyping is a good thing to do. It's just kind of personalizing based on what, because, you know, some people don't like deadlifting as shocking as that is, you know, some people don't like, I know, right? It. Like some people might prefer doing the clean. Some people might prefer doing a high uh, snatch grip hypo, you know, it, it kind of builds the same overall capacity. I mean, sure. It's different because deadlifts probably build a more absolute strength, but Hey, you know, some people just want to snatch grip hypo. Some people don't even like training their chest, you know, like you. Uh, some people love chest training, you know, you, but you have to, you can't tell them, hey, you're not going to train chest. You have to give them chest, but just kind of sneak in other things. But you can't tell them, hey, bro, no bench. He'll like cry. He, he, won't, he won't be able to gym. His, his whole life's broken, you know. So we need, to, we need to be able to adapt to people in general. You can't tell someone, hey, don't play games if they love games, but you can kind of try and make it productive or you can try and add up, like play games for this amount and you get to do this. But you can't tell someone, hey, don't play games. They'll just get defensive and push back on you. So I think that that style of like enforcement doesn't work anymore. And I think especially nowadays, like, you know, you have to kind of, like you have to speak, like you have to be on their level. Like, you know how with a cat, you know, you have to like go down on their level so they kind of trust you. It's kind of the same thing, except people aren't cats, but like, you know what I mean. Okay, Louis, uh, thank you for your valuable, <laughs> no, I'm kidding, you're right. <laughs> yeah, some people are cats in my opinion, some people are dogs, but yeah, it's just like, no, um, you know, part of we've covered this in so many different iterations. We talk about power of hypothetical, put yourself in other people's shoes as well, like kind of try to imagine what their capacity is. Never work like up. There are no absolutes. Each person is different, but also some things like just don't be a doodle that applies to everyone, right? Like in their own capacity, just don't be one. Like, I think it's not that difficult. I hate it when you do that. Why do you keep doing that in all the podcasts? Like you just pick some, oh, you're awfully quiet. And just like, there's this five second silence that I have to always edit out. <laughs> because that's the, that's the beauty of it, man. It's putting <laughs> you on the spot. Putting you on someone's spot. Yeah, Saluji, why are you quiet? There we go. You're normally talkative. Uh, no, there's a lot of good threads to draw on, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of different, different things you could go off of. Um, yeah, I think honestly, this comes down to one of the great and probably first sound bites I heard from Prescript was you program a computer, you don't program person, you coach a person. And that's part of what the tailored experience is. You're coaching people. You're not writing a program that you can, you know, apply as a blanket rule to everyone. Saluji, you're awfully quiet. You're, you're not dealing with ones and zeros. People are different, but a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people like even though they know they're different, everything's different, suddenly they their values become very similar. The values of, like I've been like battling with this a lot that I'm trying to figure out what people's idea of success is. And like, sadly, a lot of people just say, it looks like their idea of success is very similar and it just follows the same uh, look good, 
pretend that you have a good life. And I'm, I know a bunch of different like influences that I happen to like get to know through uh, different means and like their life on social media is completely different from what they who they actually are and what they actually do. And like this instant gratification, this ability, I'm going down that rant again. I'm not going to actually start talking complaining about social media i'll leave it to saluji no i i mean this depending this depending on this goes this might be something that we just need to edit out um but the idea of success and everyone's definition of success is a really 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 interesting topic and one that i have studied here with some of the teachers that i've learned from for like the past four years and so that's one thing that i can probably provide a sound two cents on um it's really interesting um, but everybody has this individual idea, excluding religious people. Everybody has an idea of success. And success is usually synonymous with the idea of happiness, right? Success is happiness. We want to succeed. We want to be happy. You usually switch those out and they have the same meaning. Um, but everybody has this idea of happiness. And when you talk about freedom, right? Everybody wants freedom. People want to be free from having to wear masks or free from having to stay at home or whatever. Oftentimes, like there's the there's the very simple idea of freedom, you know, a person who's not enslaved. That's like a very, it's a literal definition of freedom. But the idea of mental freedom is your ability to pursue your kind of happiness free of restrictions. And lack of freedom or constriction of freedom would be barriers in your way to pursue that kind of happiness. And so that's why people are going to define freedom differently. So a person who sees freedom as being able to go outside and do whatever they want, i.e. not wear a mask, restrictions, i.e. the implementation of a rule where you need to wear a mask, is going to be constrictive to their idea of freedom and their idea of happiness. Whereas someone who doesn't care that they have to wear a mask that rule is not going to be constrictive. And so it's a long rabbit hole. There's so much more they can get into it, but everybody's idea of success is closely linked to their idea of happiness. And the problem is that social media allows for incorrect ideas or, you know, social media allows for incorrect representations of happiness and success to become widespread and held as a metric for other people. So back in the day, if you had an idea of success or happiness, that was something really bad, like I don't know, hurting people or whatever. It was just you. You were a terrible person. You did your own thing. But you have people now who obviously some of them share that desire to hurt people. Other people are less, you know, extreme in that sense. But it's ideas of happiness, freedom, quote unquote, that are actually destructive to a person. But the way that social media works, people, these people are put on pedestals. People look up to them. People adopt the same idea of happiness and freedom. And the cycle continues. It's just a really kind of bad vicious circle that was a really long rabbit hole i apologize for that there's so much more that i can get into and now that's perfect. that's the gist of it <laughs> now that that's what i literally wanted to say but you said it beautifully like you opened it that is something that i'm kind of like thinking, like working over in my head it's just this idea that but anyone who sees it on instagram may think like as you said it's just this false idea of this is happiness this is success right and then when you look behind and you literally go through and like find out what happens is like and you're like well where was that in the post yeah that's one of the reasons that i think social media is so toxic 
not only is it this proliferation of a destructive idea of happiness, but it's the fact that it's not even genuine to begin with. And that there's so many levels to the insidiousness of it. And there's so much you can go on that rabbit hole. But, you know, this idea that people put this idea of happiness and that's the crux of it. And that's it's another really long conversation. But the idea of happiness that they portray and that they establish as their identity on social media is, you know, you know, this idea of happiness that they portray is an empty kind of happiness. And there are so many different kinds of empty happiness. There are literally a billion and one different kinds. But that's like it's it's a really a huge sort of cause and effect or line of you know line of events that will paint this picture. But it's like a person, you know, establishes this kind of happiness and puts it out there. Not only is it not actual happiness to those who know what happiness really is. It's a false sense of happiness and the kind that you pursue will leave you happy in some case, in some instances in a very empty kind of happiness. And you'll go back to feeling this sort of weariness, but they're not even happy to begin with. It's just so many, it's deception on deception, basically. And most people don't see it. They only see the happy person and they think, wow, I got to do that to be happy too. And surprise, surprise, most people use social media are depressed because of this. Go figure. True. Louis, you're awfully quiet. Yes, I am, Mahi. I was waiting for you to say that. I actually wanted to jump on a point that Saluji made. And this is the whole, this, this phenomenon of putting people on pedestals. It sickens me. It sickens me because it's not authentic. Because when you put someone on a pedestal and you're in a relationship with them, or you're in a friendship with them, or you know, you're, you're seeing an uh, Instagrammer, your interaction with them, it's, it's very limited. It's very non-authentic and they, they notice it, you know, I'm going on a completely separate rant because I'm taking it away from social media a bit, but I see it a lot. People put people on pedestals for no fudging reason. And it's, it's just, it's stupid. And it actually works against them because what happens is like, let's say you're in a friendship and you're putting your buddy in on this pedestal. You are always going to be afraid that anything you do will displease them or will make you look lesser than them. So you're not going to be authentic. You're not going to be your real self. And then they are going to notice it. And then they're going to be like, oh, what's this person? They're not, they're not authentic. Why am I going to be around this person? They're just, they're just like, they're just, there's, there's not, they're bland, you know, they're, there's nothing to them. So people don't be off. Don't, don't put people on pedestals. Don't put anyone on a pedestal. You, sh you should work on you and why you're awesome and build on that. So you can give value to others. But you yeah. know that like with, with, with this, with everything we've said, I am literally going to edit this. After I said, oh, Louis, you're awfully quiet. I'm going to give a five-second pause and then be like, yeah, Louis was very quiet and then ended there. Uh, <laughs> with, with that, guys, I think this was a, like a random and prom, impromptu episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, we can bring it to an end before yeah. we go too crazy. Um, but yeah, I want to give a couple of plugins here. Obviously, Prescript. Hashtag killing Hamilton. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> um, I want to talk about uh, Saluji Multifarious Coaching. I I'll let him do that as well. And also uh, follow him on Instagram, which I'll add, like we'll put it in the description below. Uh, yeah, Saluji, any plugins you want to put for our thousands of imaginary listeners? No, no, no. I think you said it. Um, slightly stages, but yeah. Jimmy, um, give me on Instagram if you have any questions about the spew of philosophical nonsense that I just delivered. And if you're interested in coaching, please DM me. That's about it. I was, that's all I was going to say is that this podcast 
I don't know if there were supposed to be as one topic, uh, but the idea, the definition of multifarious is that it has many facets. And this is literally the multifarious podcast. I, so it's sort of poetic way to, to cap it. There are just so many things involved. But yeah, follow um, me. That's what you should take away from it. There you go. Thank you for giving us a title for this episode. Yes, can we just... Yeah, because yeah, we have none. <laughs> the title of the episode was just revealed at the end. This is like, you know, when the movie shows you why the movie was called that. Thank you so much. Uh, as usual, thank you all for listening to Measuring in the Minors. Uh, we love you. And uh, yeah, follow us, share it, tell your friends, tell your grandparents, tell your grand and great aunts and their kids and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. People just provide you building blocks to make yourself more valuable to others. Thank you so much. <laughs>